You are listening to TMB DOS. They must be destroyed on sight. The following podcast about film often contains foul language, discussions of an adult nature, and spoilers for the films discussed are to be expected. Now take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight! Welcome back. It is They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, episode 191. And I'm your host, Lee, revealing my immoral strength, Russell. Joined by my co-host, Daniel, heroine of romance, Harper. How are you doing, sir? I am doing great. I am uh, going to go on a series of adventures, uh, like riding a horse and uh, driving a car. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, not actually marry the guy that I'm in love with despite the fact that he's great and he has to save my ass every time. And then, oh, uh, yeah. well, we'll get, yeah, we'll, get to that. we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're, uh, I think you're, um, you know, uh, I'm overstating, uh, certain things or you know, perhaps being a little bit overly generous to the douchebag, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah, so uh, we're continuing with uh, silent movies. We're we're still in the, we're in the teens now. We're in the nineteen teens. Yeah, nineteen ten. Technically, we weren't there. We are there now. We did the nineteen hundreds last time. Mm-hmm. And now we're in the teens, and we'll stick with the teens next week, I think. And then yeah. we'll be in the twenties for like two months, probably. <laughs> we got a time <laughs> in the twenties to do. Um, but yeah, so that's where we yeah, are. and we're going to be looking at uh, one of the most famous serials. That was ever put together, the pearls of Pauline, or the perils of Pauline, I should say. Pronounce that a little fucked up. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I was gonna do the joke that the perils of Pauline sounds like a um, fetish porn title, like it mm-hmm. sounds like it should be a Pornhub title. But the pearls of Pauline also very much Pre- sounds that way. So you know, pretty much any like the adjective of Pauline kind of sounds like a porn title these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, when when I think of a Pauline, it's just like I kind of. I kind of picture like a, a woman on leather, like a brunette in leather. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, we get a little bit of that. I mean, not a brunette, you know, but uh, well, kind of a brunette. I don't know. Can I tell can't really tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere um, from sandy blonde to like light brown is you know a reasonable inference of hair color based on what we yeah. see. Anyway, but yeah, <laughs> uh, how are you doing, uh, Daniel? I'm doing well, doing well. I'm making it. Right <laughs> uh, it's sort of snowing here. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't gotten a lot of snow in my area, uh, despite living in Michigan. You know, again, it's been pretty nice to not have to drive through it, and we're all going to die. Uh, I know I've made that joke before, but I'm making it again. But we did get some snow, so um, I've been staying inside and wearing sandals. That's been my strategy for dealing with the snow. That's the way to do it. We got a little bit of snow too. Like it, it's been, it's been the pattern now for our, all of our winters the last few years. It's just been really mild up until like some point in January, and then all of a sudden you get like this big winter bomb that lasts like two weeks, and the temperatures are like minus twenty something with the wind chill, and then it goes back to spring, and spring just kind of gradually becomes summer sometime in late July. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Love it. Love it. Well, that's where you go. That's where you go. 
Yeah. <laughs> Perils of Pauline, we're going to be talking about that. Uh, we, I think we should have some interesting things to say about that. But before we get into this, uh, we have a little bit of house cleaning. So uh, we have one comment this week, and it is from Jeff Williams with his recommendation of the week. And this time it is Raw Deal from 1948. Uh, he says, two women vie for the soul of an escaped con who becomes hellbent on getting revenge on the man who set him up. An unusual film noir directed by Anthony Mann that features peerless cinematography from John Alton, along with superb performances by Claire Trevor and Raymond Burr. Huh. Bonus points for the imaginative use of a theremin in the voiceover sequences. Oh. That's... Well, you know, you had me long before theremin, but you would have had me just there, right there. So yeah, that's that's interesting. That that will go on the list. I think it is uh, currently on the list. Awesome, awesome. Uh, well, that's yeah. all I do here is uh, update the spreadsheet. <laughs> that's my job. <laughs> yeah, I got to get back and uh, put those uh, train films on there from the 1930s that uh, yeah. he suggested last week. Yeah, so we can move on to what we've watched in the last little while. I know we both have at least one thing, so uh, I'll throw yeah. over to you, Daniel. Yeah, I just have a quick one. Um, I could not sleep uh, last night. I did the thing of going to bed a little bit early and thinking like, oh, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to get well rested. I'm going to get up early in the morning and get shit done. And you nap for an hour and then find yourself like up till four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I watched There Will Be Blood. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what else what else are you gonna do um i haven't seen this in a few years um i have uh, routinely called this one of uh kind of an all-time favorite movie of mine mm-hmm. it's got it's got some issues but i think it's um kind of just cinematic brilliance on, on a whole lot of levels and uh re-watching it it really lived up to that the score i mean the johnny greenwood score like the funny thing is i've listened to the score so many times like independently of watching the movie that watching the film uh, you know, it just feels like kind of like a classical music score that's been like that the film has been like cut to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of an interesting phenomenon, kind of coming back to it. You know, twelve years after I saw it originally, but yeah, no, I love this film, and uh, I don't know, maybe we'll do it at some point because I think it's uh, it's really worth talking about. And then also, I one of the reasons I watched it was just because we're kind of in that era of yeah, we're watching stuff that was made at the time that, that film is set because that film is set in the early twentieth century. Uh, run around the time of these films being made, so I thought it would be kind of an interesting uh, counterpoint. And uh, it is interesting how much, obviously, that film is doesn't look like a silent movie, and there is no like silent film in the in There Will Be Blood. Uh, but it is interesting how uh, how much of the, like, the the costumes and the way that you know kind of the sets are put together, and you know, very do match what's uh, what we see in in uh, in some of these films. So um, you know, you could again, you could see it made as a silent film, like you you could see yeah, it like absolutely. It, it I mean, there's so like, little dialogue in it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, although it's it's doing something, you know, a little bit different than something like Perils of Pauline, obviously. But mm. I think as we get into the um, as we get into the 20s, um, I think it'll be interesting to compare it to something like Wings, for instance, and and some of the some of the kind of uh, Battleship Potemkin and mm-hmm. Greed. If we end up doing that one, um, that one's on the list. But I think that one's one of those six hour ones that we may not actually want to <laughs> dig into. Um, anyway, it'll be it'll be interesting to kind of compare it to some of the some of the more kind of art films that we're going to approach uh, starting uh, starting in a couple of weeks. So um, anyway, um, yeah. it's a great film. If you haven't seen it, uh, definitely check it out. Oh, yeah, um, I own it. So yeah, I know. I, I I'm doing this thing lately where I own the film on DVD, but I want to sit at my laptop and like goof off while I'm watching. Like I just want to kind of 
you know, like scroll social media and I don't want to move to the couch. And so I'll mm-hmm. just rent it on Amazon. Yeah. Instead of, you know, like pick it up, get my ass off the couch and like go grab the DVD. Um, <sighs> convenience will kill us all. Convenience dude. will kill us all. Yeah, exactly. Like I give Jeff Bezos money that I've already given him. Yeah, like that's the, that's 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 the reality of life in late stage capital. That's why he's the richest man in the world? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, fucking asshole. Um, yeah. yeah, the one thing I'll mention, uh, I just watched it this uh, tonight actually uh, before we uh, start recording. Um, Ready or Not from last year. It's a horror comedy starring uh, Samara Weaving, who is just gorgeous. Like, uh-huh. I'm. I think I've fallen in love with that woman. My God, her face is just perfect. I, I, actually, it's her teeth. I'm like really, really attracted to her teeth. They're so perfect. Like it's just you're a dental fetishist, but only for this one woman. I think so. I think so. <laughs> her teeth are just immaculate. Like I, I don't know what it is, but um, but uh, it's it's a great little horror comedy. Uh, okay. It's very unpretentious. It's very straightforward about what it's it, its uh, whole premise is. She marries into this rich family that's uh owns this uh game uh this board game empire mm-hmm. and they have this uh pact with satan this family and every every time someone new marries in they have to pick a card in this little magic box and the card will print out what the game is that the uh, bride or groom has to play that night and uh every once in a while someone picks the ready or not card which is the violent game where the family has to hunt down said groom or uh, or bride uh and kill them uh, and if they don't their entire family will be killed by satan so nice. uh nice. when you know it it happens to poor uh, samara weaving and so she has to spend her entire night uh trying to escape this family of rich dickheads who are trying to murder her in various ways and it's f- fucking fun it's a really fun so, movie so it's uh cavern in the woods cross with knives out is kind of what you're telling me you know what it kind of i i was going to mention knives out but i've only watched half of it so far i started right, watching yeah. it and sort of fell asleep because i was just really tired but yeah. um yeah it, it kind of is Cabin in the Woods. It was funny because, like, with Knives Out, the first, like, bit of trailer, the kind of the first bit of footage that came out was right after, um, right after Endgame came out. And, uh, it's, it's basically (laughs) Chris Evans going eat shit a bunch of times to, uh, everybody in his family. And it was this little viral marketing bit that, like, they knew was going to get a bunch of attention because it's Chris Evans saying eat shit a bunch. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing the, you know, you didn't really like kind of think of what movie I'm looking at. And then saw the trailer or, you know, some marketing materials for Ready or Not. confused the two uh briefly and then kind of realized oh no there's this other you know kind of thing that's happening so um yeah yeah it's kind of it is kind of like knives out meets cabin in the woods maybe meets clue kind of thing yeah, you know yeah. very uh, and it's it's just you know it's so so refreshing to have a movie that doesn't have all kinds of twists and stuff like it, it's not up its own ass it's not pretentious it's just like yeah this is a straight ahead horror comedy with some uh, interesting characters and some really great performances. Uh, Samara Weaving's fucking awesome in it. Like, this is kind of, I think this is kind of her thing. Like, horror comedy is, like, what she's really, really good at. Because she um, she did a movie, uh, I think it was 2018 it came out. Uh, it was a Netflix exclusive, The Babysitter, which was mm. also a horror comedy, which she was really great in, too. Um, so, yeah. I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, definitely worth uh, it. It might actually go on my best of list for this year. Uh, awesome. it, it, at the very least, I could see it hitting the honorable mentions. So 
Nice. Well, I should I should check it out then. Um, if nothing else, and to see those lovely incisors. Yeah, <laughs> great teeth, man. I gotta tell you, <laughs> you gotta put her in a vampire movie. That's the, <laughs> the next step. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that would I think that would fit a lot of people's fetishes at that point. Her biting down. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna take a quick break, play some music, uh, some podcast promos. And we're going to come back and talk about the perils of Pauline. You ungodly warlock. How about throwing a little beach party for yourself and letting these people to get to know you oh so better? Hey kids, it's me, your good friend Alistair, here to tell you about a wonderful movie podcast called Get Soft with Dr. Snuggles. What happens is, every two weeks, the love of my life, Siobhan, and I are joined by a cast of friends, family, internet weirdos, and special guests to guide you through the wild and woolly world of erotic thrillers and softcore films. Everything from alien abduction, intimate secrets, to Zarita, Passions Avenger, and all points in between. Check it out now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's that horrid man talking about? Hello there. My name is Matt, and I'm a humble court bailiff in a courtroom designed to bring musical justice to all. Each week, we have a podcast with a judge and a jury, and we determine whether a song is guilty, not guilty, or not guilty by reasons of insanity. You know, something like, uh... Or maybe it's a cover of Tom Petty. You can find us wherever you find podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, all that stuff. Just look for songs on trial, please. Okay, I love you. Make good choices. You ungodly warlock.
right, The Perils of Pauline from 1914, and it is directed by uh, two different people here. Uh, you got to remember this is also a serial, so this is not really a movie in the sense that we think of it as being. Um, we'll get into the details of how this was sort of compiled uh, as we go along, but directed by Louis J. Gassner, who is best known for directing Reefer Madness. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's actually, we didn't put that one. I, I like legitimately did not put that on the list intentionally just because it's such a meme at this point. But, mm-hmm. you know. but like a lot of these directors that we're going to get into, he had a bunch of shorts and silent films before this. Uh, got picked up by the, I think it's the French company, PAF. Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. And started making uh, uh, more feature-length movies for them and stuff. Often paired with apparently what were called like dialogue directors, like directors who could direct people in, <laughs> in, in talkies and stuff like that as his career went on, I guess. And the other director on this is Donald McKenzie, who also uh, acts in this one as uh, in one of the, one of the serial parts. He plays uh, blinky bill, the pirate in, I think the third episode. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So uh, this is written by Charles W. Goddard, Basil Dickey, uh, George B. Uh, Seitz, and Bertram Milhauser. I didn't really look up any details on any of them, but I'm sure they got about a million credits between them in this period. So it's starring Pearl White as Pauline. And uh, around this time, she was, I, I didn't look up the name, but uh, she was like neck and neck with another actress as kind of like the star of these sort of uh-huh. films, you know, like the biggest uh female star of these sort of films in the day. Crane Wilbur as Harry Marvin. Paul Panzer as Coroner or Raymond... Oh, I think it's Coroner. Is this how... Coroner, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah. Uh, or I Raymond mean, Owen. Coroner, that, that seems to be the um, the, the gag. Uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> I was wondering if that was the gag or not. I was. Yeah. I just didn't know. But I mean... Um, I mean, originally it was like Owen or something, and then they changed it to Coroner because like World War One was heating up, mm-hmm. and they were like, hey... We need to stoke up some racism against the Germans. Yeah, um, that's, really the, that's really the plan here. And uh, in some shots, why don't we make him look a little bit black? Uh, can we do that in in some sequences? I think that's a really good idea. Um, oh, that's there's not gonna, that's not going to look really uncomfortable in 106 we, years. We could, no. we could spend we could spend three hours talking about the racial shit. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> Well, let's try not to do that, but we should definitely address some of the uh, really overt ones. But yeah, mm-hmm. so moving on. Edward Jose as Sanford Marvin, Francis Carlyle as Owen's henchman, Hicks, Clifford Bruce as Gypsy Leader, Donald McKenzie as Blinky Bill, like we said, uh, Jack Standing as Lieutenant Summers, and Eleanor Woodruff as Lucille. And I have a little synopsis here from someone called FrankFob2 at Yahoo.com. Okay, well, yep. we'll make sure to email him. We're going to put him on blast. If this is a bad synopsis, feel free to email him. Yeah, I wonder, him if he's, I wonder if he still has a Yahoo account. It would be, like, I really hope that the thing is, like, from, like, 2006 or something, and he's, like, <laughs> left, like, like the guy just, like, like suddenly he gets 3,000 emails and is like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's people out there who still have America Online email accounts. That's, like, I, still an active thing. I, I, am, I am aware. I'm friends with some of them. <laughs> wow. Young Pauline has left a lot of money when her wealthy uncle dies. However, her uncle's secretary has been named her guardian until she marries, at which time she'll officially take possession of her inheritance. Meanwhile, her guardian and his confederates constantly come up with schemes to get rid of Pauline, 
so he can get his hands on the money himself. Now, yeah, that's that kind of sums it up, but there's one glaring thing, and I just want to get this out of the way right away, that they don't mention. The man she's going to marry is her fucking foster brother. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, that's a, that's a detail that it's easy to overlook if you uh, blink for a minute. But um, yeah, no, uh, foster brother, and it's just like, and apparently this was a trope in movies of this time was oh. foster brother becomes husband. It feels really weird, right? But I don't know if it's meant to sort of convey a certain, like. I mean, technically, uh, it's not incest, but I mean, right, right. I mean, I, it just like to make them seem more relatable because they're orphans or something. I don't know. Like, it's one of those things that just feels so alien. I'm not. <laughs> presumably, some some film historians can kind of explain this to us, but um, this is this is yeah, it's it's just bizarre. And uh, honestly, it's probably best just ignored. <laughs> I'm, assuming it's, I'm assuming it's like just, it's just some fucked up rich people thing that people accepted because, hey, they're rich and then they want to keep the wealth in the family kind of thing. Yeah, could be, could yeah. be. Or, you know, you really only met like five people in your life, apparently, you know, unless you went off and had adventures as a young woman. And uh, you get reprimanded regularly for that. Well, this is a this is obviously a fractured country where it, it's almost like a... Uh, it's almost like an amusement park ride where there's different like worlds and lands because there's like pirate world and there's like Indian world. That's like, can, totally... can, can we just say this is a series of unfortunate events just done a hundred years earlier? <laughs> like, this is, I mean, clearly series of unfortunate events is playing on these same tropes. I mean, it's doing the whole like cliffhanger format, mm-hmm. although this doesn't really do cliffhangers. This does no. like, complete episodes and everything, but uh, it's very obviously, uh, like setting up this, you know, like we're gonna have, we're gonna go to different places and have little adventures. There's, there are quite a few that involve boats. I was surprised at how much boat action we get in this. But there's one that's, uh, you know, like oh, there are pirates, and there's one that's a hot air balloon, and there's one that's like we're gonna go racing, and there's one that's like we're gonna ride a horse, and you know, a plane. We got a plane in one. It's great. The footage looks like shit, but we got a plane. It's awesome. <laughs> um, you know, which may be um, just the what version survived to the to, to today. You know, yeah, uh, but, yeah. You know, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just uh, just give your sort of general general thoughts on this whole uh, this whole sure. thing. So, um, I had intended to kind of like watch like one or two of these a night in line with the uh, the serial format, um, mm-hmm. and then kind of didn't for completely boring nonsensical reasons and so i ended up just kind of like plow i had done the first two episodes and just ended up plowing through the rest of them today i did end up like re-watching the first two as well just to like whatever just kind of throw it on and i just sort of would watch a couple and then like kind of go away and then come back and watch a couple more just kind of as i was doing stuff during my day and then did the, like the last three <laughs> just before we sat down here to record <laughs> so you know that was kind of my experience watching it you know not the way to absorb these they're not meant for that obviously yeah. Um, this would have played, you know, there would have been like various serials that would have all kind of played together and you just kind of buy a ticket to the theater and you walk I in. The, uh, I think the, the separation in time was like every two weeks or something like that. A new one would yeah. come out. Yeah. I think so, I read so there'd be a new, there'd be like, Oh, Perils of Pauline chapter five. Uh, and then you'd kind of go in and you'd watch it. And, uh, you know, along with all the other stuff that they had playing and, uh, it was, it was a draw. I mean, this was a huge movie. Um, I think one of the reasons it survives to the degree that it does, it was apparently originally 20 chapters yeah. and only nine of them still exist. And this is like a reworked French print. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, you, know, um, you know, so, so the subtitles, they resubtitled it in French and then translated those into English. 
And like, it's all different styles. It's all different formats. I mean, it does kind of tell you like, you know, they, they were obviously sourced from different original source materials and all that sort of thing. So um, it's pretty, it's pretty hilarious kind of watching it, but um, yeah, I, that's where I picked our joke names from, from the yeah. fucking cards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's nine parts. It's repetitive. It's very repetitive. Oh my God. This is um, it's really difficult to kind of sit through all at once, but it's also like, again, this isn't how it's meant to be watched. Yeah. Um, I think it really fits. If you kind of think of it like an eighties TV show, it's like the A team where every episode yeah. is exactly the fucking same. Um, but you're not like, it's not meant to sort of like uh, <laughs> absorb your full attention all the time. You know, this is part of a night out of the movies. And um, I think kind of the difficulty is that some of these are, you know, more than 20 minutes long and they sort of work in more than that, like 15 minute length. Mm. Um, the shortest one is nine minutes and it actually feels a little bit short. It feels like maybe some stuff got trimmed here and there. And there are certain ones like the one with the plane, um, which I think is chapter um, chapter six. I missed some plot details in this, mm-hmm. and I think there might have been either I wasn't, I just kind of drifted off for a second, or there were uh, certain details that just kind of didn't make the final cut. It's unclear to me exactly whether we have all these chapters or sort of pre-existing things that exist in some something like their pristine form, or if there are bits that have been lost from them as well. And I mean, the, any explanation I would buy because nobody was archiving this stuff until like there... decades later, right? There, I was looking. There are some detailed descriptions of what all the original twenty chapters were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which we'll go on. You know, when we get to the trivia, it sort of it debunks a kind of couple things that are kind of famous about this that people sure, yeah. think are true. No, you're right. This is very much like uh, old style episodic television that you and I grew up watching. You know, in like the '80s and in the '90s, everything. It's, it's like if we binge watched. Family Matters or something like that. Right. right. Because every episode's the same. You know, Steve Urkel gets into trouble. Yep. Carl Winslow gets pulled into his schemes. And then in the end, everything resets and then nothing changes. Right, and it's, exactly. it's just the same again. And that's every one of these. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, but, but, but at that point, the pleasure is like you're looking at the stunts. You're looking at the the footage. You're, you're kind of watching like it's. They have a plane. Like, it's really cool. They got a plane in the movie, you know? Yeah, um, you know, the race, the racing footage looks pretty good, especially, you know, given, you know, how early we are in, in doing this stuff. Like, it, oh, it actually, oh, yeah. on a, it's entertaining on a, stuff. Yeah. On, on a, like, on a pure, like, cinematic, technical level, this stuff blows away the three films we watched. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's definitely on a, it's definitely working on a different level than that. Like, there's actual camera movements. It's side to side. There's no up and down camera movements, but it is it is side to side. They're actually, you know, moving they're the panning. Yeah, They've they're learned panning. to pan by this point. You know, <laughs> um, um, it doesn't do the things that like we kind of expect from a lot of films from from this era. It doesn't do like the iris effect. It doesn't do you know. It's mm-hmm. it's it's fairly straightforward. Um, but again, that does kind of make it feel a little bit more modern than some other stuff, even stuff that came later. Um, that kind of relies a little bit more on cinematic techniques that were kind of in vogue at that moment. And in a way, I don't think it's like we're too early. I think it's just, you know, this was advertised as being like the $25,000 picture, like, <laughs> which at that time was like, look at our massive budget and look at our sets and look yeah. at our stunts, you know, but this is kind of advertised as being that. And uh, I think the, the, you know, the point was to kind of just, you know, wallow in the, in the gorgeous footage and, and just kind of how, how big the scope is. And if you kind of view it that way, it really works on that level. I think there's a lot of, like really pretty impressive shots in this really impressive just stuff. Like the spectacle is the point I think is what I'm trying I, to make. I and I, and the, I think uh, it works on that level. 
I think the I think the screen performances are definitely much more uh, modern. Like they they feel more closer to what we know as screen performances from our yeah. our era. I mean, again, they're still exaggerated and comedic in tone because they kind of have to be if you're trying to get a point across. You know, you got to kind of pantomime for the camera and stuff like right. that, right? Really good. I, I really like Pauline. I think she's great. Yeah. Like Pearl White. Pearl White. Pearl White. Yeah, yeah I, I think she's great. I think she's horribly mistreated by this series because she's she's kind of portrayed as the dumbest woman alive. Um, <laughs> Everybody is really dumb. Like these are this is a this is a film ser- serial mm-hmm. of the dumbest fucks in dumb fuckistan. Like that's where we are in this world. You know? I read a, I read a review by uh, the movie Silently uh, Twitter account, yeah. um, who I recommend highly, and who would hate this series because we're not spending enough time in the 1910s and 20s. Um, <laughs> but it's a great Twitter follow if you do want to kind of learn about silent film. And uh, she wrote a review of the film. And, I mean, basically kind of just hits all the high points. But, I mean, it is like, you know, these people are all completely stupid. The idea that, like, there's one person who benefits from Pauline's mm-hmm. death. And nobody ever says, maybe that guy is the one who's been trying to kill you all these times. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe it was your uh, uncle's secretary. Maybe, maybe the, you know, <laughs> the guy who's your legal guardian now. Maybe he's the one behind... All of these uh, murder attempts, these kidnappings by masked men that the police never follow up on, and they never get caught. Uh, it's Count just, Olaf. It's Count Olaf. He's in disguise again. I mean, he's wearing hey, blackface. Yeah. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I mean, I will admit they were smart enough to know that. Hey, if any of these like subordinates to uh, to our our main villain gets caught, that kind of just unravels the the sort of logic of everything and like it would be like oh well he's obviously the guy behind it then because the the fucking henchman he's gonna fucking squeal on his boss so at least they were smart enough to know that but at the same time it feels like it's kind of contempt for the audience these fucking suckers they won't realize it they're just in it to see pauline fucking you know in a runaway balloon or or you know (laughs) trapped on a ledge on a cliff like she doesn't even hang from a cliff she just (laughs) <laughs> she just doesn't give it. us a legitimate cliffhanger. She's just standing on the cliff. Like, come on, give us a yeah. real cliffhanger already. You know, there there are no cliffhangers in this. Like, no, everyone no. is a self contained episode. Like, some yeah. of them, some of them do directly follow one another. Like, right. there is a little bit content, a bit of continuity between, like, I think the middle episodes. But for but there's no cliffhanger. It's no like tune in next week to see what happens to Pauline. It's like we already know what's going to happen. She's already safe again. And she's going to go on another adventure and the fucking secretary's going to try to kill her and it's going to fail. And <laughs> everyone ends with like, tune in next time with another chapter of the perils of Pauline. Yeah. And then like big question mark, uh, you know, logo, which was uh, actually really visually strong. I kind of, enjoy- I kind of enjoyed that question mark at the end of each one. You know, it, it did, uh, it did strike me as, is uh, as cool. But um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, did you have a favorite and least favorite, like a, uh, particular ones that you thought were uh, more effective than the others? I mean, just to kind of get it out of the way before we get into a little bit more of the meat of these. To, to be honest, I I found the first three were kind of all you needed to see. Like, I, I, yeah. after, after I got past those, to be quite honest with you, I didn't do the full three-hour running time. Like, I, I spent an hour and a half on this, more pretty much, because I, I yeah. just fast-forwarded through a lot of it, because I was, okay, I'm, I'm going to have it on, like, 1.5 speed or whatever, and Every once in a while, there's a title card. I'll pause that because there might be an important plot point. But for the most part, I was like, 
Oh my god. Um yeah, you you can do this at 1.5 or 2x speed and and not and not really suffer for it, you know, honestly unless you're I mean, you know, obviously if you're if you're trying to kind of study this in detail and kind of yeah. get the full experience, but you can you can really like just for entertainment purposes uh for modern audiences, I think you really can play this pretty much at high speed. Um I also did the thing of like didn't watch it with the audio. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> I just kind of put on uh, music on my own, like in my uh, my headphones, and just kind of put it on, like on, on my on my laptop. Um, and uh, I find that that was something that kind of helped because the the music is so generic through so much of it, it is. that it's distracting. It's distracting yeah, from, from the viewing experience. Right. And I think maybe with a more, you know, if somebody did write like kind of a, a more interesting score, I think it might work better as a as, a, as an experience. Because, uh, but but yeah, no, I I watched most of this just silently. <laughs> now, my I think I think you're right about sort of the the first three being um, kind of what you need to get, <laughs> kind of what you need to see. I thought the first one was probably my, the the best overall. It's the longest. It kind of sets mm-hmm. up. It has an actual plot. Yeah, that it sets up the the whole serial, and so you actually get to learn kind of the the backstory. It's the longest. It also has I think the best the the, the hot air balloon escape mm-hmm. uh, rappelling down the the rope. It's yeah. just this really nice stunt. Uh, um, there, yeah, there, there are claims that, like, apparently uh, she claimed that she did all of her stunts. There's some, there's some, you know, most actors do that kind of. She obviously did do some of her stunts at the very least. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, like, there's reports that she hurt herself and stuff on set, like, on some of these. So, Oh, yeah, no, I, I believe she did. I mean, most people say, yeah, she did some or most of them. I don't think anybody actually believes she did all of them. But I also really liked the last one. And in particular the the kind of um she ends up on a on a target ship that is being used for like target practice by the Navy. That one actually has a sense of rising tension because like she's uh she's on a boat that's been <laughs> plugged to um sink by a German bad guy and <laughs> by by corner. And then so that starts to sink and she's got a little dog with her. And then, you know, she she finds this, like, target ship, and she's like, I'm saved. She starts getting fired upon by a cannon. <laughs> and then that starts to sink, and it's just sort of like, you know, I mean, it sounds really simple describing it, but it is pretty well done, uh, even by, by modern standards. And I think it's, it's in some ways, like, the funniest performance that she gives, because she really kind of goes all out with the, with the kind of big theatrical you know, where she's trying to like motion to the um, like wave to the to the sailors, and where she's trying right. to uh, stay out of the water and, and all that sort of stuff. So I, I thought that one was it was a nice uh, finish to the thing. And a uh, corner just like falls off the ship and uh, drowns, and nobody <laughs> notices. And then she's like, "And now I've gone through my my year of uh, my my year of uh, right, my my silly year of being of pretending I'm not just some silly girl, and now I, mean, I am you, going you, to marry you, you brother. fucking, you fucking silly woman, and wanting to have independence. And <laughs> when, when will women learn, Daniel? That mm-hmm. you know, when will they learn that if if they if they don't get hitched to their foster brother soon, post haste, they'll bring death and misfortune upon their rich family, right? <laughs> what is she thinking? Like just the the fact that her uncle isn't around to beat her anymore and indulge her in this nonsense. It's just it, it's uh, it's unexplainable. Like yeah. uh, this is this is a good lesson for the young women of the time to watch this and go, see women, don't do this. Just marry that guy, even if he's not all that great, and don't destroy society. Is is the ultimate <laughs> message of this serial? 
<laughs> Pretty soon they're going to want the right to vote or some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I had a lot of problems with that shit. Like, I was just yeah, watching, yeah. like, Roll Dodge. But at the same time, a lot of the tropes of the sort of damsel in distress stuff are credited to this when it's really not that fair because she's actually pretty resourceful in, in, in like getting out of these things for the most part. Like she's saved once in a while by, by her uh, foster brother uh, who wants to marry her. Um, but she usually gets out of most of this shit herself. So yeah, do we got anything else to say about this one? Uh... I mean, not, I, I, I hate to say not, not a lot. I feel like we've, <laughs> we've kind of like said the, I mean, said the bit, um, we could, we should talk a little bit about the racism, <laughs> um, you know, oh, uh, so, there's uh... straight up cowboys and Indian shit in, uh, episode two, which is one of the better yeah. ones and, uh, probably the most racist. Would you say the most racist? Well, um, she it's she gets... straight up a white girl comes out from a hole and they go, <laughs> you must be a goddess. You fear-haired goddess, you will now be our leader. And it's like, oh, God, that's she gets, uh, uncomfortable. She gets abducted by Native Americans who have apparently never seen white society ever. Like, at this, it's it's <laughs> right. 19... Like, when is this supposed to be set? It's supposed to be contemporary, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so 1914. So this and is they're, just, like, just... a mile out from New Jersey. Uh, you know, like, this isn't... You know, this isn't even, like... <laughs> You know the, the the title of that one is Goddess of the Far West. The Far West being like Pennsylvania, apparently. Yeah, I don't know. Like she doesn't get that far. You know what I mean? Um, no, it's it's bad. It's it's really bad. <laughs> like honestly, going through this, almost all the every time there's a scheme by her guardian to uh, get her uh, abducted and then murdered by either some force of nature or just straight up murdered, it, he's always like paying off shifty quote-unquote people who are quoted as ethnic in some way right yeah yeah <laughs> well even yeah. like the the pirates in, uh, in episode three you know kind of have the there is the, there is that kind of like makeup kind of thing going on where mm-hmm. you know it's clear they've got you know white actors and they're kind of putting them in this like swarthy makeup there's i think one actual black man in the entire thing that we watch and he's a, a porter he's yeah a, he's a, he's a, like a manservant but it was like, oh look, there's one black guy. <laughs> That's better than I expected. Yeah. Um, and then there are people clearly in blackface makeup, uh, yep. you know, um, yep. just kind of wandering around in the background and, and doing stuff. And you know, it doesn't quite. I mean, you know, I don't know if there's one where it's like Pauline goes to Africa or something. Like it wouldn't surprise no. me. Um, you know, to where it's like you know, Pauline eaten by cannibals or something. But uh, you know, like uh, oh man, it, it made me think of. Um... There's this British series. Uh, it started as a started as a cartoon. It's, it's Jane. She's mm-hmm. like a secret agent, and and the and of course it's it's British, so it's perverted. It's all about women losing their clothing, which I'm not I'm not against. <laughs> I'm not against, and then you know the uh, why is this why is this not on our list? We need to put this on our list. We could put it on our list uh, if you want. It's in the eighties. Um, okay. There was an adaptation that's a feature length movie. It was like a it was a British cartoon that was turned into a series that was stylized almost Sin City-like in the way it was kind of designed, which is kind of interesting. And it's and she's like a secret agent in World War II era, and she just goes around and like doing different missions, and it always ends up with her always losing like most of her clothes, um, yeah. half, you know, in different instances. And the movie is um, Jane in the Lost City, I believe, from 87. Mm. And there's some uncomfortable shit there too, where it's like there's there's some natives, like straight up black natives, stripping her down. Uh, one oh, one old, 
one pulls the strap for her uh, nylons and snaps it against her leg, you know, like there, there's some stuff. There's some oh. stuff in that movie. Oh, and, yeah. and it made me think of this and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> this yeah. things did not change a lot over the, like the, the hundred years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, 80 years later and they're still like basically doing the same thing. It's just like, Hey, you know what we've learned? We can put some more TNA in this. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that was uh, neat, oh, there is one, um, I, God, there is one scene where, like, uh, uh, the German guy, or uh, what's his name? Corner. Corner. Paul Panzer is his name. Panzer yeah. is a German word for tank. He's yeah. Paul Tank. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cormer, like, there is one moment where, you know, he's kind of, like, leering in the background, and then, like, he gets kind of, like, dragged away for some reason, and he kind of, like, reaches out, like, clutching, and he's got, they kind of give a close-up of his face, and they literally put, like, shoe polish on his face at that point. <laughs> he's got, like, the big bug eyes, and it's kind of yep. like, wow, wow, this is, like, different levels of racism just all in that one moment. Like, this is this is kind of like, uh, you know... I need to lie down and think about this racism for a minute. You know, no, Daniel, you got to understand where the filmmakers are coming from here. They couldn't hire, they couldn't hire the darkies on their film. I mean, the white audiences would revolt if there was an actual black person on film. Like it's just, (laughs) well, but even like coding, coding the German guy, like we need to make him look really evil in this moment. How do we do that? Make him look a little more African. That's the way well, we do this. You know? I mean, it was either that or the Fu Manchu mustache. It was one <laughs> or the other, right? Come on. I I did not uh, put Charlie Chan films on this list, and uh, I feel I think, comfortable with that decision. No, I'm, um, I'm, I'm fully with you there. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I, you know, we should we should we should go out on, on a high note, uh, at least a positive note. Um, one thing I did uh, appreciate is the costumes. Mm-hmm. They, they 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 do have Pauline, uh, you know, uh, pearl white. Who is lovely, you know. Um, she does get to change clothes quite a bit. Um, I particularly liked her jockey outfit when she, you know, <laughs> she kind of goes away and then she comes back and I was like, "I'm in my jockey outfit. I'm gonna go ride a horse." <laughs> and you know, mm-hmm. Harry's like, "Oh my god, what a douchebag for thing for you to do." But okay, we'll take you to ride a horse if you want to go ride a horse already. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't you be more interested in making babies? Come on, Holly. Wouldn't you be more interested in making brother babies with me? Because oh. you know you definitely should. <laughs> like, yeah, it, but but there there is a lot of like that kind of stuff where where they do kind of get to put her in different outfits, and and even though like okay, you know we're gonna go off and we're gonna be in the old west in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, but you know at least you know she does kind of get to wear some outfits and I mean the costuming is pretty is pretty cool. It really um, it, it really is, does. And, and it does, you know, we're we're kind of making it um I mean it is really generic and it is kind of really mm-hmm. hard to sit through all at once. Um but they do work to kind of vary these a bit, you know, in terms yeah. of kind of giving us different things to look at. I think part of what gets wearing especially in that kind of middle section is that they do start to kind of run together. I yeah. mean there are at least two that have our heroes trapped in a you know, water in a, in a trapped room, a closed off room with uh, water rising. Yep. You know, there are at least two of those. Um, and, or they're uh, just know, on a boat, or, or they're you just know, on a like, boat, kind of, kind of driving around doing boat things. There's a, there's um, a bomb on the boat. Where, there's a bomb on the boat. Where it's like, there's a bomb. We gotta get off the boat. And then there's like a jump cut of him like exclaiming, "There's a bomb!" And then it jump cuts to him exclaiming that again. And then it's yeah, there's. There's there's a lot of re- repetition. That's why I would like. I'm just gonna sort of like tacitly recommend this. Yeah. Uh, like if you're gonna watch it, uh, if you're gonna watch the whole thing, don't watch it all in one sitting. 
don't like like break it up over the week. Watch it over the week. But if you're gonna watch in one sitting, watch like the first three and the final episode. That way, it gives you like about an hour of like a decent movie, and then you can move on with your life. The fourth one has the uh, is the car chase one or the 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 red oh, car one. That yeah, was, okay, yeah, include that. That was yeah. a only nine minutes long and b uh, pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'd mm-hmm. say I'd say do that one too. So, uh, but you can. You pretty much skip five through eight, especially surfing the flowers. The one, <laughs> the one, like just felt like really run around and pointless to me. Like, uh, yeah. And part of that might be, you know, just kind of getting through that. Like, okay, we gotta finish this shit, you know, kind of thing. But, <laughs> um, yeah, that one did did feel um, particularly uh, particularly useless. So I can only imagine what the missing eleven chapters were. If it was, you know, if it. Like, they did kind of budget this all at once, and it kind of, like, it's not like this was, like, shot over, like, years or something. This was right. this was all kind of made at once. It was designed to be kind of a, a thing that would come out every couple of weeks, but it's certainly not, you know. Um, and so it does seem like they kind of pre-wrote it and then, you know, and then kind of shot it and released it, you know, like a TV series would be shot. Um, and so I do wonder... You know how what's what's in the following eleven? Like if they did just sort of like put all their budget in the first few, and then in the last like one or you know I do wonder like how generic they got in the in the kind of missing chapters. That's, a, that's I would have I would I would have loved the one where they went to the moon or something. Went like to the moon? <laughs> like that, like uh, that would have been something. But um, yeah, this I, I I think it's it's definitely neat to see just to see like you know what TV really ripped this kind of thing off. Mm-hmm. Totally, it, it, like that's how sitcoms thrive on this kind of thing, right? Yeah. It's just reset every time, new adventure. Steve Urkel in the old mm-hmm. west, you know, like that happens or something. I'm sure that's happened on. Uh, I think I think they did time travel shit on uh, Family uh, Tie or um, <laughs> Family <laughs> Matters. Family Matters, they did. Yep. Yeah, I used to watch that as a kid. I'm not proud of it, but I did watch it as a kid. Uh, it's, it's got its charms. It's, they did it's time got... travel. They did like cloning. They did all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you know, and there was like the the suave Steve Urkel who who was you know <laughs> Stefan Urkel. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Who wasn't a nerd? You know, yeah, uh, yeah. A little bit of trivia here. So yeah, the the term cliffhanger is kind of credited to this, but like we said, there's no cliffhangers in this. They're all like self-contained episodes. <laughs> um. Uh, the complete copy of the original 20 chapters was the U.S. theatrical version um, does not exist. It's not known to exist at the very least. Um, and I don't think this has ever been cleaned up. I don't know if there's like a good DVD version of this or anything anywhere. I think the YouTube is kind of as good as you're going to get with this. And some of them really do look like scratched shit. Like, oh, they're bad. Is, yeah. is, um, you know, like... like... I was kind of making fun of like the the uh, the aircraft sequences in, in one of them. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder if they just sort of reused that footage for like various trailers and reused it for the movie so many times, and then just kind of cut it back in the reel. <laughs> you know, I'm and thinking it just sort of looks like shit because it was just replayed over and over again. Well, there's no, there's no there's no master. <laughs> like it like right. all, all all that exists is the is the version they did for, for European distribution so i mean there's no u.s master anywhere that anyone knows about so uh like th- like that's even a concept back then you know right, like, right yeah. so the novel the same name by charles w uh, goddard was published along with this basically uh while it was playing um and a condensed version was later published in book form so there, this was like released in the serial form uh, the novel version of this 
this serial is influential. Uh, it was quickly followed by the exploits of Elaine, <laughs> right? Also starring uh, Pauline White, um, or Pearl I, White. Pearl, Pearl White, yeah. Duh. And there's, of course, there's a shit ton of imitations and parodies of this, wrongly attributing the, the tropes of a woman tied to a train track that never happened in this in the serial. The the remake of this from '47 has that. Uh, where she's tied to a train track, and you got the uh, snidely whiplash villain with the top hat and the in the mustache. I I did stick the nineteen forty seven version on the on the, mm-hmm. the list, so we can um you know we can decide when we get to the forties if we want to revisit this concept. <laughs> I'm kind of interested in doing that just to see yeah. how it compares. I, I did I did a little bit of that in this series, so you know, in like six months when we're filing to the forties, you know, we can yeah. talk about it. So before, and even before the forty-seven, there was a thirty-three sound serial done on this too, and done again by Universal in nineteen sixty-seven. Apparently, as a comedy. Well, I mean, it's kind of a comedy already. It's kind of a comedy already. Yeah, but like it's definitely kind of. I mean, it gets classed. I think as more of a melodrama at this point. But um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. We'll see how how interested we are when we get to the sixties, and we've got like just kind of a lot more stuff to play around with. Um, yeah, you know, one of the ironies here is that you know again, and I will I will give you the link to this uh, movie silently uh, review oh. because it is it is worth a read, and I um, mean I agree with almost all of it. And um, this this woman who writes this blog has forgotten more about silent film than either one of us will <laughs> ever know. Um, like she lives and breathes the stuff, and uh, and she was definitely kind of on the. Um, yeah, this this is just not very good. It's not it's not the greatest yeah. example, but I think again the the thing that makes it interesting is the fact that it's it was such a huge hit. And yeah, it ran in theaters for like fifteen years, kind of all over the place. And I mean, you can only you can imagine, you know, showing up and watching, you know, watching like the first talkies would have would have existed like co. And, and you know, across the theater, you know, you would you would see, oh, Perils of Pauline. I remember that when I was a kid, or whatever. Like it's, a, you know, it's, yeah, there's, a, there's yeah. an interesting dynamic to to some of these kind of films of this era, where, um, yeah. And I mean, you, you could probably say there's like some proto feminism kind of thing here. Like there's definitely there's something a little bit, there's little a little bit. I don't know. Like it's hard to it's hard to dig into that with something. But like it this. it really it really does pound on the message of you silly woman. How dare you have agency in your life? Right. Well, it's also like we haven't seen a lot of the stuff around it, and you know a lot of the mm-hmm. other kind of materials that would have kind of played alongside it. Which would give you a kind of a better sense of what um, would have been in the audience's mind, uh, kind of watching it, what was intended. From, um, from what I I've... understand, there is a little bit of a debate about whether you really want to consider this particular version a particularly feminist version or not. Because yeah, it's not completely helpless. But I don't think that I think that the idea that women were completely helpless in these in these damsel in distress things was a little bit of a retcon later. Like okay. the later versions, like the parodies, would play up comedically the degree of helplessness and would play up the like sexism of the previous era mm-hmm. and then that version was is the version that we end up kind of bringing forward to the present day um more so than it was like that was actually the kind of the version that would have been in, in theaters at the time presumably like the 1947 version might actually be more sexist in a way than this 1914 version oh, i'm well, really like... interested in looking at that to see what well... the, what that looks like well, like the the eighty seven uh, movie ba- based on that British Jane series I was talking about, she's definitely like a competent agent and all that. Like, she, you know, she you don't fuck with her, but she still gets her clothes ripped off on screen all the time. <laughs> well, you know, so that's two good things to say about it. You know, mm-hmm. that's, 
that's what this could have used is a little bit more sex appeal. There's just a... it's it's like it's like zapped, but with a kick-ass <laughs> heroin in it. <laughs> you mean it's like zapped? In that it also has a kick task. No, Zapped Again is the one with the uh, with the with the great girl in it. So yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah and maybe it is like Zapped Again, although she gets <laughs> her clothes ripped off a lot more. <laughs> wow, we're taking this is not only... this is this is the only the only time these three properties will ever be mentioned <laughs> together ever. It's, I think it's just amazing that uh, <laughs> we're going back to the early 1900s and we're also going back to the early podcasts that we did. <laughs> so tying it all together, you know. <laughs> we're talking about like one of the earliest uh, film serials, most popular film serials, not really the earliest, but most popular. Uh, a spinoff movie from a British... TV show with nudity, mm-hmm. and the 1990 sequel to an early 80s Scott Bio vehicle, all at one time. Yeah. <laughs> Our audience, there's a reason it's a tiny audience. Let's just put it that mm-hmm. way. But we love all of you because um, you you get you our up, niche. You put up with us. You put up with yeah. us. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one that the projection booth is going to find and listen to. That's how, that's that's how we're going to get fixed. It's never it's never going to fucking happen. <laughs> if Mike White has any goddamn brain cells in his fucking head, he'll never listen to this podcast. <laughs> he'll never he'll never do anything to promote this podcast or say anything good about it. He'll just he'll he'll talk about your awesome anti-Nazi podcast and he'll he'll stay clear of everything else. <laughs> that's it. That's probably for the best, ultimately. I, uh, I doubt you're listening, Mike White, but just, you know, stay away. Stay away. <laughs> Everybody yeah. go spam Mike White and say, whatever you do, don't listen to They Must Be Destroyed on site. No, please mm. do not spam him. I'm sure he's a perfectly decent human being. Yeah, and he gets enough shit as it is. Yeah. So what are we doing next time? Are, are we going to do... Is that the the vampires? Is that The like vampires is like six hours long. Um, so we're gonna uh, we're not doing that one. Um, yeah, let's let's just move on. We we can I, so just just FYI, we did kind of share the list uh, on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not doing every movie on that list. This is um, no. Uh, the, the idea was to just kind of collect a whole bunch of stuff. I'm marking them off as we do them now, um, and we are gonna skip that one. May we'll come back. We'll we're planning on kind of maybe circling back around when we're done with this if we're not seeing mm-hmm. it. Um, we'll definitely use it as sort of a, a master list to kind of to consider, but doing the like super super long um, serials and the super super long silent films just feels like uh, really tough <laughs> to do. Yeah. I know that we've got people in the Facebook group going like, "Yes, please watch ten hours." Um, it's it's uh, you know not not something we can do easily, and you also don't want to like split it across three episodes or something. Um, you know, so yeah, we're just going to skip it. We'll talk about how to do that maybe in the future. Um, we're going to do Broken Blossoms from 1919. Um, this is uh, another melodrama. Um, this, uh, was on, um, Ebert's Great Movies list. Um, it was, it was part of that series. That's when I first heard about it. It's a melodrama and uh, I've never seen it. So uh, we're going to watch it. And, uh, after that we'll be in the twenties and then we have to really start making some tough decisions about what we want to cover and whatnot too. So. Um, yeah, Broken Blossoms, next time. Awesome. Uh, all right, Daniel, tell people where can find you on the internet. I'm on Twitter at Daniel Lee Harper. Um, I also do a podcast about uh, terrible people, um, genocidal racists, and um, terrorists trying to spark off a race war and uh, various other things like that. 
called I Don't Speak German. And you can find that at I Don't Speak German or it's linked on my uh, Twitter profile page. Right on. And you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com or you can find our Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and YouTube links. Join the Facebook group. That way you can uh, sort of talk at us and uh, get involved and uh, give us suggestions and tell us how we're doing. You know, to, to, you know, if you think we're doing a real shitty job, you can directly tell us on the Facebook group and you won't get banned. Well, n- not necessarily. Like, depends on what you say. You, you might get banned. I, Have I we banned get... anybody yet? No. All right. Well, apparently no. <laughs> apparently nobody's been that big of an asshole yet. So we'll see. No, we, we every once in a while we drop a person, but we're actually over a hundred people right now in the Facebook group. Oh well, nice. I don't know how many of them actually listen to us, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I, I I feel like some of them are probably just pity joins, like oh, you know, fellow <laughs> podcasters and stuff who don't actually listen to us but right, feel yeah, obligated. That, that's fair. oh, they're, that's fair. They're, they're they're part of the quote unquote community, so I should yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, yeah. Those couple of losers. I did see we got like some comments that are like, you know, like. This podcast is literally going back to the earliest days of fucking cinema and doing a series on this. And it's like, yeah, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. That's who we are. It's, I mean, this, I it's this and 86 comedies. That's all we're doing from here on in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know some fellow podcasters like us, like Court Psyops and stuff, although he likes your podcast better. I know he does. <laughs> I'm not jealous. I don't know um, if that's true, but, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. But no, I mean, you know, he even he even comments like uh listening listening to our uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's he's he hates Tarantino. Like he hates him yeah. with a passion, I think. And he's like, I'll still listen to these fuckers talk about it. So there you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back on his uh, psychosemantic podcast and make him do um That's no, Darren Wilson. That's Darren Wilson. Sorry, sorry. Um Cinema Psyops. Cinema Psyops. I'm gonna go I'm gonna uh suggest that we do Inglorious Bastards. Oh, cinema psyops. See, and here's the thing: you, you might you might get his co-host Matt on your side, and then you you two might like just double team him, and and it might turn into a fun episode. <laughs> <laughs> double teaming, du- double teaming court psyops. Uh, that sounds like a plan. I could go yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we should now get off the mic. It's now time. You this should. episode is over. Yeah. Uh, next time, broken blossoms. Clara Bow. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an exciting moment. I don't think this one is like three hours long. We'll we'll find out after we. Oh, Claire Clara Bow. That that's I know that's like a fucking uh, yeah, Sierra. She was, huge, she was a huge star. She was a huge. I, star. I know that's I know there's like a point and click adventure game named after her. <laughs> right. Like I, I was thinking last week when we were talking about pearls, what we were doing uh, perils of Pauline. I was like, oh, that's definitely a point-and-click adventure game. It, it wasn't Pearls of Pauline. It was named something else, Pearls of Someone Else, but it was in the Heroes Quest right. line of video games. Or, or, no, King's Quest. King's Quest. Yeah. Yeah, this next one is only 90 minutes long, and it's directed by D.W. Griffith. So, All right. Well, uh, join us again uh, next time, and that's yeah. what we're doing. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will be back when we're back. Goodbye.
take a beautiful girl and hide her away from the rest of the world. I want to be the one who walks in the sun. been listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. For other episodes, our links to Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and our Facebook group, as well as links to podcasts and websites of similar interest, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.